You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 306. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you today. A legend on the Reality Steve podcast now. He's becoming a legend. It is Dave Neal, stand-up comedian, YouTube recapper of The Bachelor. You know him, you love him. A great conversation with Dave today about pretty much everything that's going on in the world of Bachelor Nation, and uh, we will get to that momentarily. There are some things that I cover on today's Daily Roundup that was released a couple hours ago. You'll see that on your feed, your Reality Steve podcast feed, as long as you're a subscriber. If you're not, please do so. Uh, The biggest thing probably being the fact that today's one-on-one date, I have the location to. I don't know who's on the one-on-one date yet. Obviously, as the date goes on, it's possible pictures are going to get out because the day portion is at Anaheim Hills Golf Course in Anaheim, California. That's because Zach is from Anaheim, went to Servite High School, a rival high school of mine back in the day, and not the ultimate rival. That would have been Esperanza, also in Anaheim, but um, no, Servite is a very popular sports program in Southern California in CIF, and I remember playing them numerous times, and I had a buddy in college that I met in college who went to Servite. We shared a lot of stories. Hoff, if you're listening, what's up, buddy? He's probably not. <laughs> um, but anyway, the day portion of the date is at Anaheim Hills Golf Course. My my guess is they're not closing down the whole course, so Zach and whoever he's on a date with can take it over. So there is a good chance that pictures will get out um, from the golf course today, since golfing is popular, it's sunny in Southern California right now, I believe. So there will definitely be people walking around a golf course, probably on the course and playing. And then usually if, you know, a camera crew rolls up, people usually start taking pictures or videos. So we'll see if, if I don't find out who it is, or we don't get pictures or videos, we can't tell who it is until then. The night portion is at the Orange County Mining Company, which is a restaurant in Anaheim. And, or I think it's, I think it's technically orange that the uh, in, it's in Orange, California. It's called the Orange County Mining Company. What's interesting about that place is when my mom remarried in 2010, her reception was at the Orange County Mining Company. So very familiar with that place. Been to it a lot of times. And I'm guessing if nothing gets out during the day portion at Anaheim Hills Golf Course, I'm probably going to find out who Zach is on the date with at some point tomorrow. So... Keep it on my social medias. I'll be tweeting it out and any pictures or anything like that. I'll be tweeting and putting on my Instagram stories as well. So be on the lookout for that. Also, um, I did want to clear something up that was also mentioned in the daily roundup in regards to Zach's season. I mentioned when I did those news and notes about some of the women of Zach's season, I mentioned that uh, Gabriella Elnicki and Greer Blitzer were not only sorority sisters at the University of University of Mississippi, but that Gabby was Greer's big sister. That is not true. Uh, I found out, um, I was told Greer had a different big sister who I, whose identity I was given, but there's no need to pass around her identity because she has nothing to do with the show or it's nothing important. But 
I was told that Gabby was really good friends with Greer's older sister, so maybe that's where the confusion came from, as I was told that uh, Greer had a... Uh, that Greer was that Gabby was Greer's older sister. She wasn't. They were just sorority sisters in the Pi Phi sorority at the University of Mississippi. Greer is, excuse me, Gabby is a year older uh, than Greer, so their pledge classes were a year apart. But clearly, they were sorority sisters in the same sorority. They know each other very well. Um, in terms of post college, I don't think that they remained like close friends. Doesn't mean that they're enemies, but knowing the way this show works. <laughs> I don't know. I can see this working one of two ways. They are either going to pit them against each other or they are going to Gabby and Greer will be friends on the show and then treat it as outcasts because they came in as friends and everyone else gangs up on them. That's the way I see it going. I don't know which one it'll be, but I have a very strong sense. It's going to be one of those two. Now, um, another small note, Really doesn't matter in the whole grand scheme of things, but this big sister of Greer's is friends with or knows um, Christina Schulman from Nick's season and Bachelor in Paradise. Just a six degrees of separation note, just to let you know. Um, but yeah, there's there's that. Um, I also do want to say uh, for those that are listening. Um, you know, my my thoughts and prayers do go out to the people of Florida right now. I spent a couple hours yesterday watching the Weather Channel, and man, that is Hurricane Ian is really doing some destruction down there. And you know, it's it hits a little bit close to home for me because, as you know, I have a niece that went off to college in August. Well, she went off to college in Florida, and she's had to be evacuated from her college. Um, she is seemingly safe right now um, because she got out of where she needed to be, the ten, the city that she was in, because it was pretty much in the where the hurricane was headed to hit or supposed to hit or whatever. But, uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers definitely out. And I, and I say that with all sincerity because I know people joke about the thoughts and prayers when, you know, a tragedy happens, usually a school shooting or something like that. And I think that's just effortless to say that. I, I'll never say thoughts and prayers uh, on a school shooting because that's ridiculous. Um, it's just it's about as little as you can do for something like this where mother nature is controlling what happens to these people. Yeah. I mean, all you can do is just pray and hope that somebody who lives in those cities that the hurricane has either already hit or about to hit. It's just like, you just hope that, you know, nothing bad happens and no one's home gets taken away or anything like that. Nobody dies. And gosh, when I watched that yesterday, seeing the water levels in some of those cities, that is just, that is crazy. So all you can do is pray and uh, and pray for these people and hope that nothing bad goes wrong. So, uh, again, thoughts and prayers go out to people in Florida that are being uh, affected by Hurricane Ian. I don't spend a lot of time watching the Weather Channel outside of something like this, but, man, I was glued yesterday. I, I'm, I'm still in awe of these reporters that they send out in the middle of a hurricane to just stand there and tell us, yeah, it's really windy and uh, raining. I think, I mean, look, I get it. They want to give the effect, and it is interesting, but aren't you putting those people in danger too? Like, I, I don't know. I've, I'm not a weather programmer, but I just don't necessarily see the point. We can see by the video and pictures how bad it is. Do we really need a reporter standing in the middle of the street when a hurricane is happening to tell us how bad it is? I don't know. They could be 
hunkered down somewhere and we're just getting their voice and they can just explain to us what's going on. But I don't know if there's any weather people out there. Uh, do you enjoy that? I Honestly, if there's any weather people that have had to do that as their job, do you take pride in that? Is that something that you're like, whoa, Steve, you're way off on this? Because I'll admit, if I'm, if I'm wrong on this, I'm wrong. I don't think it's necessary. But if these weather people really do enjoy that, going out there and delivering the news while their winds are up to you know, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour and it's just a monsoon on them, maybe they enjoy that. Maybe they get a rush out of that. Um, seems unnecessary, but I don't know. If you are a weather person that has done that before, please let me know how you feel about being sent out in something like that. Do you, you realize it's part of the job or you're like, yeah, I realize it is part of the job, but I'd rather not do that because it puts me in danger. I'm, I'm really curious to know what the answer to that is. So anybody that is a weather person, please let me know. So, um, obviously no real easy transition to that, but, um, yeah, there's man watching that yesterday was, was tough. Also, this podcast brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because, as you know, tore my Achilles on August 1st, had surgery on August 10th. I just haven't been very active. I needed more energy. I just I needed some sort of supplement that kind of got me going. And I have gone back to the gym. I started going back to the gym about three weeks ago. Can only do upper body stuff, you know, back, buys, shoulders, tries, chest. That's all I can do. And but I needed something to kind of just get me going. And athletic, athletic greens has, has really been the thing uh, for me. And, you know, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than any sort of, you know, beer habit you may have. Uh, it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. It's very easy to use. It's time to just reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't need to take all these different supplements. They're all in one nutritional insurance. This is the way to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash realitysteve. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash realitysteve to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's get going. Here it is, podcast number 306. All right, let's bring him in. Uh, You know him, he's a stand-up comedian. He's your resident bachelor YouTube recapper, multi-time podcast uh, guest on this show. It is Dave Neal. Dave, what's up? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I got to see like how many times I've been on the show. I want I want to set the record one of these days. I know. I think I think you're probably at 4, maybe 5 right now. Nice. But yeah, I mean that's that's definitely up there. I don't think anyone's been on more than 5, I'm pretty sure. So you get like a jacket or breadsticks or something? Uh yeah, breadsticks coming your way. Uh, we're going nice. to we're going to do a, a pickup order and just have all of our <laughs> deliver it to you. And it's so funny that I'm having you on because I felt like <laughs> There, there's a way I'm sure there there is a way where I could take you and I's voice text to each other and just make that into a podcast. I don't even have to host this show and uh, they could just replace it. <laughs> the only the only person that's ever heard those voice notes is my fiance sitting on the other side of the couch while we're trying to have date night and I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the amount of voice text you and I have sent each other um, in the last, I don't know, a couple months is 
is really staggering. Uh, there aren't many people in my life that I do voice text to, but when you're talking about topics in regards to this show, just texting that stuff out, uh, my thumbs would start bleeding if I did that, you know? Yeah, and I mean, how many people can you really relate to that get to know information that may have to come out? But it's it's sort of like a small community to wonder how do we release this? How do you release this information versus what you don't release? And in in the end, it's your business, so you have to decide what you're going to share versus not share. Yeah, I mean, when we have left messages for each other, and like you know, it's usually always talking about the show and things behind the scenes stuff that you know we can't even really get into on this podcast, but by the way, have you downloaded your iOS 16 on your iPhone? I have no idea. Probably not. Okay. Because if you have go, if you haven't go do it because you can actually pause voice text messages now and you can rewind and fast forward. I don't know if you do that. Yeah. Just roll, you just (laughs) scroll your finger over that uh, audio file and it can go And that. That's just new. That's new on the, uh, the newest updating, uh, operating system. Um, a couple of things I want to get into first before we, we dive into some other stuff. Real quickly, you seem to have um, joined this new trend, I guess, that I'm seeing on uh, TikTok now that, um, or not even TikTok, but just in social media in general, could be reels, could be TikTok, of um, shooting your own Bachelor in Paradise open. I saw you, <laughs> I saw you, you did yours. Did you, was this when you guys went on vacation or did you just go down to the beach one day and are like, hey, I want to have this for when BIP starts? Well, to be honest, I'm not saying other people ripped me off, but last year I did it too. Oh, so okay. last year I was in Belize and I shot a nice one of me spiking a coconut. And then, yeah, this one I shot in Hawaii in May. So I made sure to have this content, <laughs> which by the way, no way to kill the mood than when I have to get my fiance to whip out the camera and film me running down the beach. <laughs> and then, you know, I saw yours and then, you know, Kelly, uh, Kelly Johns does hers. And then I saw one on TikTok where it was like a, a multi-person one where they did all these different intro like you know i mean it's it's creative but when everybody's doing it it's like how does one top the other it really isn't i mean unless you went straight production value and you did you know you tried to actually look like these people that are on the show versus just yourself doing an intro you know um i don't really know if there's any really way to top what the show does but you know it brings me up you know brings me into bachelor in paradise and obviously it started this week and I don't know. It's it's a it is a silly, quirky summer show. It's it takes itself way less seriously, just you know, based on the intro that they do and and how many people they bring on the show and the and just the overabundance of sexual innuendos, whether it's in the intros or these people ITMs. I mean, it is so over the top, and I don't know if that makes it better or it makes it more cringy. <laughs> What has been your take on just in one episode, the amount of sexual innuendos we got? Yeah, well, okay, so Bachelor in Paradise is kind of like the minor leagues of baseball where in minor league baseball, you get to have like discount beer night and free bat night and crazy like sort of promos because they're just trying to like, you know, you know, get people's attention. And I feel like Bachelor in Paradise is that too. It's like lower stakes. So there's there's no real like. Uh, the, the stakes aren't on the line for like one person to find love. It's like, let's throw all this shit at the wall. Something's going to stick. Someone's going to say something. They, they're pretty much guaranteed they're going to have a ton to work with, given the sort of um, the, the, the sort of uh, performance area that they have on the beach there. You know, what always amazes me about this show. And it, it kind of goes back to the the mother show, Bachelor or Bachelorette, where 
you might make fun of or talk about contestants on the show that go home night one or second row ceremony or third row ceremony, but time and time again, Bachelor in Paradise can really create a character that was a nobody on The Bachelor and Bachelorette that maybe even lasted three or four row ceremonies, but like was not involved in any storylines, not involved in any drama, but you got those that get to episode four or five and you're like, who's this person again? I haven't even, you know, they didn't get a one-on-one. They didn't ever get a group date rose. They're just there, but they lasted X amount of time because they only eliminate, you know, outside of the first night, usually two to four people an episode. So people have to pretty much stay. And when I'm watching uh, Monday night or Tuesday night, (laughs) you know, I'm watching the episode. I'm like, I remember Romeo and Kira and Jill being on their respective seasons, but you look at bachelor data and their information from Tuesday night and Jill had the most screen time. And you're like, I guarantee 99% of this audience couldn't tell you what season Jill was on outside of the cry on showing she was on Clayton's and her mentioning it in her intro. But you know, Jill was a non-factor on Clayton's season, but here she is like, you know, making a name for herself on paradise and she's going to be around and she's going to make a name for herself on this season based on, you know, what is out there. Yeah, it's it's wild because they they have to have some sort of self-awareness. Like they're not going to make it out of the hotel room unless they come out swinging. Yeah. You know, they they must know like they look at their Instagram following, they go, "Look, I don't have much of a fan base. I'm not Shanae. I'm not Logan hot off of this season. I got to come out here swinging." Kira like in, in this, and by the way, just as a side note, this is why I don't I don't trust doctors. Like, I'd rather go on WebMD than go see a doctor. No offense, she might be the best doctor in the world, but the fact that she couldn't uh, sort of discern that she what that that um, Romeo wasn't into her, I don't want I don't want that doctor like diagnosing me. I'm sorry. Not only not only that, I mean, she mentions in her intro video, I should be in porn. You know, just like throwing that out there for somebody who didn't have much of a presence on Clayton's season but if you remember on the women tell all remember she was the one that openly was hitting on Clayton like hey hit me up if things don't work out remember that she was the one that did that and it was just like and yeah and like I'm all I'm all for it like shoot your shot do whatever you want but you just have to know like when you're going on this type of show that's what's going to keep her around like the producers aren't keeping her around because she was like this like serene can literally just read poetry yeah. the whole season and she's not going anywhere. She's gorgeous. The like, she's like the queen bee of the show. Whereas Kira is going to have to like do a lot of dancing to kind of stay relevant because it is a sea of hopefuls that all are kind of like, you know, it has to be personality driven. So you'll get like the hunters that are like bubbly tick personality. And then you have Kira who it's like, yeah, you better come in and um and make your name the first night because you might not make it through that first round. You know, Serene could read poetry. Hell, she could read the phone book, and she was going to be the number one prospect on this season of Paradise. Like, I remember saying fact, it during yeah, Clayton's oh, season. I remember saying it the night she got eliminated on hometown dates where she was, you know, finished fourth on Clayton's season. I said, she is going to be the hottest commodity down in Paradise. I mean, she's got everything going for I think she recently, I think she quit teaching. Maybe I'm mixing her up with Michelle. I don't. I don't think I am. I think she quit as well and decided not to teach anymore. But I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, yeah she yeah, was. Serene's like so beautiful; it almost hurts to look at her. Yeah, and she's so nice too. That 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 that. This is why Bachelor in Paradise is so great because what a loss it would be. Like obviously, she's not going to be on. Like Clayton's not on her level, so like that wasn't going to work out. There's no. That they didn't have that connection. 
But like clearly there's a story that needs to be told with her. And I think her brother's a good looking guy. Get him in the pipeline. Anybody in that family, until proven otherwise, is welcome on the show in my books. That's right. We met the brother on the hometown date, and I remember there being an uproar from the community of Bachelor Nation. Hey, let's get this guy on Rachel and Gabby season or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I do remember that now. Um, but yeah, the, the show is the show is fun. It's flirty. It's obviously got. It's going to have a, a ton of drama, and I, I really. When I when I watch Tuesday's episode, it just always amazes me every season that there will be people that you barely remember from their particular seasons. Like when they brought out Hunter and Hunter talked about her IBS, I was like, the one thing I remember from Hunter about Clayton's season was I think during some alone time during a group date after party, she was telling Clayton about an ex-boyfriend that treated her like shit, basically, and she went along with it, told her about... I think, you know, really insulting her and said, do your hair like this. And she kind of went along with it, not knowing her worth when she's obviously a very attractive woman. She didn't need that. I don't remember any of her IBS stuff. Like, is this I, do you remember that her saying that on Clayton season or, or not, some sort not, of bit? Not at all. Yeah, no. But you know what I love? It's kind of like when a stand up comedian like tells a real dirty joke to open their set. They're just like setting the tone. They they bathroom paradise opens the show with her blurred out on a toilet making a poop joke. It's like, <laughs> this is what <laughs> this is what you're going to get this year. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Welcome know, like, to paradise. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah, that was, it was quite a first episode because they did really spend, you know, I think it was minute 45 uh, in real time, not um, on the clock, I mean, not in terms of TV time, but they weren't done bringing everybody onto the beach until about minute 45, whether that included intros, coming down the steps and all that. But, I mean, just some classic moments already from the first episode. Romeo, the Romeo-Kira-Jill thing was cringy at times because didn't Romeo just tell Jill, like, hey, why don't you just go over there? Like, as as Kira was approaching, he literally told Jill to go away. And even though he apparently likes Jill more than Kira and tells her like, Hey, there's nothing going on with Kira. But then Kira starts approaching and he tells her to go away. The loose thing with Logan was hilarious because Logan doesn't strike me as somebody that's a, um, aficionado of past seasons, especially six seasons ago. So the fact that he was, I guess, kind of in the lace and he's listening to what she has to say and then drops a loose on her, was it was hilarious I mean, it was really funny it, because he really you could tell that wasn't a bit he didn't know the girl's name he didn't even know when she was like that's my name she never said what her name was yeah so he just he just sat there like being like i don't know if she's serious or not he's like oh loose she's crazy but yeah i mean look that's what you want as an audience you want a guy like logan who's gonna take swings doesn't know the show isn't that calculated and, you know, I mean, obviously that'll he'll probably fall into some traps, but he's just trying his best. And Lace, like, pulled him aside. There's no way in hell he was trying to know what her name was in the first place. He kind of <laughs> just, like, grabbed him with her birthday cake out of nowhere, you know? Well, I think it, I think what's funny about this, and, and it happens every season, but this season more so than it's it's never happened like this one, is the fact that the guys that show up on Paradise this season that were on Rachel and Gabby's season, we only got three in the first episode, Johnny, uh Jacob and Logan, the people that were already there on the beach from other seasons had no idea who these guys were, how far they lasted on like they, they couldn't get any sort of impression about them 
because Bachelor in Paradise filmed in June. These guys had finished filming Rachel and Gabby's season, but Rachel and Gabby's season didn't start airing until July 11th. So everybody on that beach has no idea who Logan is, what his story was. Was he a villain? Was he a great guy? Did America love him? They don't know any of that because they didn't see any episodes. And usually it's like one or two episodes have started airing before everyone heads to paradise. And this season it was just like, no, they had no idea who Johnny was, Logan was, or Jacob was. And, you know, Jacob comes down in a leaf. And again, you know, we talk about, you know, sometimes we've had some consent issues, whether it's in the real world and on this show. I, I don't know how you can just force Jacob in a leaf to start hugging women. I, I just isn't there something wrong with that or am I crazy? I'm just mad that no one had a leaf blower joke. I yeah. thought there would have for sure been a nice old fashioned leaf blower joke. But I mean, I don't know who knows. God knows what sort of contracts they sign. You're like, hey, you know, I mean, is a leaf any less? Uh, or, or more fabric than a bikini. I don't know. Um, but you know, there's obviously the guys like him that are there just for like the eye candy. I don't, I don't know how far he'll go, but yeah, it's a good point about like no one having any clue about Logan or these others, because as you, as we see last year with like Riley and, and grocery store, Joe, they were like involved in that hierarchy of like, who's Chris and Alana anyway, like this whole kind of like high school BS that happens. Which I guess happens anyway, but there is when everyone does know everybody, there is sort of like this ranking of like how big your social media clout is will determine sort of uh, your your ranking on the beach. And I wonder, I wonder if those guys, I mean, you know, you're mic'd up pretty much all the time. I wonder if producers allowed guys like Logan and Johnny and Jacob to kind of share, hey, this is what happened to me on um, Rachel and Gabby season. We're not, it would never get aired because this show wants you to think that everyone on that Island, I keep saying Island, everyone on that beach knows their background because they want to pretend like, you know, basically breaking that fourth wall of the show when things are filmed, they just never acknowledge that kind of stuff. The, the diehard fans that follow this stuff on a daily basis know that Johnny Logan and Jacob, nobody knew who they were. The only thing they knew was they were on Rachel and Gabby season because they had been released as contestants on the Facebook page for three days. And then clearly those contestants, I think it was Serene. Oh no, it was Genevieve because Genevieve seems to be a big super fan of the show. She was just like, I know who that is when I think Johnny was the first one out from Rachel and Gabby season down on the beach. And Genevieve's like, yeah, he's from Rachel and Gabby season. The only way she would have known that is if she follows along on spoilers because yeah, you know, she wouldn't know any other way because they were never announced the, the full cast for Rachel and Gabby season was never announced on ABC.com until after they were even done filming paradise. So yeah, I mean, there are probably certain people that pay more attention than others, but yeah, they clearly knew that maybe some knew that Johnny had a hometown date and, and Logan got to a certain point and Jacob maybe, you know, was eliminated early, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of these things where it's just kind of, I wish the show would acknowledge that stuff more, but I guess I understand why they don't. I don't know. Yeah, but you you do have a point. It would it like if if people did know that Johnny made it to hometowns, that they could then assume that he's got a much bigger clout. And whether whether we think that should be part of attraction or not, it's like finding out someone's a vice president versus an assistant. You go, oh boy, this person's a little higher up in the ranks. They 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 become a little bit more desirable. Now, what's going to be interesting this season is you know the bachelor producers are kind of like the mob boss. 
And for the first time that I can ever remember, when they when they expose Brendan um, and Piper in their conversations last summer, this is the first time back where the where the contestants know that the show will turn on them if they want to. So it's kind of like um, how proper will they be knowing that everything they say can and will be used against them. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, you know, knowing what happens and how it plays out, um, this show is kind of going to be a lot. You know, the fact that we're getting four hours of this show a week seems to be a bit of overkill. You know, Monday and Tuesday every week for six weeks for four hours. It's like, okay. Now, granted, I know we have a lot of twists and turns. We've got 44 people that show up at some point during the course of this season of Paradise. Like, I get it. But four hours a week, I mean, we don't even get that out of the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise, which is way more popular in terms of viewership. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked. Like, I'm shocked they're competing against Dancing with the Stars and football on Monday nights versus letting, you know, they're the I think the season ends November 1st. So rather than just letting, you know, letting the show play out Tuesdays up until Christmas or whenever it's a it's a it's very aggressive. I mean, you probably get this way as like content creators. I'm looking at that schedule going like, oh, God, this is going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a ton. And yeah, because on a normal season, the Bachelorette would air from end of May or beginning of June. Katie's season was the latest starting Bachelorette season, minus the Claire, you know, COVID season. Katie's was the latest starting season. That was June 7th, and it ended like second week of August, and Paradise ended like right around end of September. So they had a few back-end episodes of Paradise that competed against Monday Night Football that starts beginning of September. But normally, it's Bachelorette, end of May, begin, and then it ends end of July, beginning of August, and then Paradise runs for six weeks, beginning of August to mid-September, and then it's just not competing. And then there's no Bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise programming from mid-september through the end of the year they're filming bachelor but there's no programming so it's not going up against it but yeah like you said this is now going up on monday nights against the monday episode is going up against you know the live disney plus showing of dance with the stars and monday night football it's just a very weird and we're going to be watching about the you know we're going to be watching about a summer show in you know end of october we're in the fall season and be watching about a summer show. I mean, maybe that doesn't really matter to people. They don't yeah. care. But it is weird. It's the first time they've ever done it this late. Like, usually, what was it, last season, Michelle was airing at this time. Or Michelle didn't start airing until October. She went to October through December, which is which is fine because that's one of their bigger shows, The Bachelorette. This is – it's going to be interesting. I'm, I don't expect the ratings to be too boffo for this. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting is I've been watching Dancing with the Stars on Disney Plus. Yeah, and I have to say they don't have any commercials. Yeah. it is straight ninety-minute programming, and I love it. If the I, if Bachelor in Paradise, you know, because on their Instagram they'll they'll have like an Instagram trailer of someone doing a cartwheel, and then it's not blurred out because it's on Instagram. And then on the TV show they got to blur out butt cracks and this and that. Yeah, put it on streaming. And just let the show live. If you're trying to make jokes about irritable bowel syndrome, what do you think you can get away with <laughs> if you put it on streaming? Like, like we're all just trying to pretend like this show's not as trashy as it is. When I think it just needs to be trashy. You what, won't, you don't want to have to censor things. You can just let it live. Well, you mentioned Dance with the Stars, which brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about in regards to Rachel and Gabby. And I know that Rachel had a horrible ending to her season. 
you know, it was a disaster with everything that went down with the breakup, the filming of the breakup at the happy couple weekend, the cringiness of them trying to talk it out live on the after the final rose. It's just this extremes between Gabby's storyline and Rachel's really is kind of amazing because it's like I I feel bad for Rachel in a sense because not only was as we saw Bachelor Data cover throughout the whole season Gabby was just the more popular of the two on social media you know for for what reason I why because Rachel cried a lot like I don't know what the explanation is and we're never going to get a explanation as to unless we literally talked to everybody who decided to follow Gabby and not Rachel. Like, why did you follow Gabby and not Rachel? We're going to get an answer to that. But to see post-show and kind of end of show and post-show what's happened, I mean, Gabby, her star is on the rise. She's clearly going to get to the finals of Dancing with the Stars. She's one of the top three dancers on it. And then there's just Rachel who had to deal with this just awful ending to her season, her relationship, her engagement, and then, you know, the Avon stuff, which we've heard absolutely nothing about since after the final rose, which I don't expect to because it was all bogus anyway. But it just seems like, wow, that is such a an extreme of maybe not what they were going for when we said we got two bachelorettes because Gabby is making out like a rose and people just seem to be so down on Rachel. And I feel bad. Yeah. And you know what? I got to be careful how I put this because I, I really love Rachel sort of the same way I love Claire. Not because they're perfect, but because you get to know exactly how they're feeling. You can, like, see it in Rachel's eyes. Gabby is a lot better at putting out fires. She's a little bit better at communicating. So there's a lot – there isn't as much left unsaid. Whereas with Rachel, her conversations with Tino cannot end with them coming to any agreement. So it leaves the audience to, like, have these fights online to be, like – to, like – try to parse together what they were saying like Rachel just isn't there yet to be like as evolved and that's fine she's younger like you you learn that over time whereas whereas Gabby's like really funny she makes light of situations she's kind of just better built to like find success in that medium and due to like I don't know if it's laws of attraction again not blaming Rachel whatsoever like real slimy the way that Tino dropped the ball on that if you're gonna cheat break up with them for whatever but Rachel just didn't I don't I don't know like like maybe she didn't give off uh, enough of who she was within the process to find a guy that was going to match that energy. I don't really know, but you got to like be happy with yourself. You have to be confident with yourself to find a partner. And that just might be a place that she's not ready for. I mean, she's still pretty young. A lot of people I think are getting married later in life because it's taking people longer to find themselves and they have more independence and flexibility for that. So like, who knows where she'll be in five years? I think Gabby's like five years older than her. So, you know, a lot can, a lot can happen in that time with like finding out who you are because how how in the world is she going to find a guy if she doesn't know who she is? Yeah, and you want people to find their spouse on the show, even though it's very difficult and the odds are definitely stacked against you. And it just seemed like, and you want people to take it seriously, and maybe Rachel took it almost too seriously because it never seemed like we got a fun side of her. And maybe that's just her personality because Gabby's personality was always about being playful, making jokes, smiling, giggling, it just and you know you think back to Rachel on this season when did she ever seem like she was t- 
totally happy and just letting loose and having fun, whereas Gabby and her ITMs had no problem cracking jokes whenever. And maybe that's it. Maybe it was just the women's relatability to Gabby because she was just so kind of easygoing and loose and having fun. And Rachel just seemed to be so serious all the time. And yes, there's a place to be serious on this show because you don't want to come across as you're not taking the process seriously. But maybe the likability factor was, hey, Gabby just seems like a girl's girl that we could totally get along with. And Rachel seems like she's just too serious and won't have fun or something. I don't know. I don't really know what it is. And well, it really, in my eyes, it really comes down to like processing anxiety. So when you had Claire, right, the second, the first group date, Claire sits down and before the guys can even approach her, she's like, what? No one wants to talk to me. She's afraid of looking stupid. She knows the cameras are on her. She just spent two hours getting her hair and makeup done. With Rachel, it's kind of the same way. You see Rachel's best personality when she's with Gabby because she has a friend to like to like put the guard down. Hmm. When Rachel's the lead and the friend is taken away, she's like left there and is like alone in the process. And I think it's just a hard place to be where you where it's like the fight or flight and she's choosing fight and she's looking at these guys being like she's picking fights with Avon. Why are you yelling at me? She's like, it's like, what? We're, it's like we're watching a different thing than what she's going through, but I I think it's rooted in her, like you said, the pressure to find the perfect partner supersedes just being herself, which is when you let your guard down and then you can let love in. It's almost like how is she supposed to find love when she's trying to be so perfect? Yeah, and I think that's just a very – it's a great point, and it's something that, like I said, Gabby – I just wonder how Rachel feels deep down. I mean, obviously she's friends with Gabby and I'm sure she's happy for her success, but when Gabby's success is like so much exceeding Rachel's right now and everybody is team Gabby, she's got to feel like crap, man, this kind of, this didn't really, not even just talking about the engagement part and her relationship with Tino that failed. It just, I, I can see her just being like, man, I need to step away and just, Maybe stay off social media for a while because kind of, and and again, not a, not that it's a jealousy thing. I'm sure she's happy for Gabby, but it's almost coming at her expense because she's getting so little attention and Gabby's getting all of it. Yeah, it's like it's like being happy for a friend who just got the job promotion you were also up for. It's like there is a scenario in which Rachel could have found love. It didn't happen, and we don't know that it's going to happen with Gabby long term. Best case, okay. Here's what I would like to see right now. This is what would this is what would throw my YouTube like just like through the roof of views wise is if Clayton and Rachel go on a date together. <laughs> I mean, what's stopping it? Th- their connection when they were sitting on the dock when she was like on his lap on some like one on one date on the dock. I was like, man, this felt strong. And even even on Rachel's season of The Bachelorette, when the guys were like ignoring her, she was like, at least Clayton didn't ignore me. It was like, whoa, this guy might still have a shot if if there's something there. What do you think? Well, I mean, I it's always a possibility. But then I saw Michelle and Rachel did a TikTok where they literally addressed this. And it was one of those, you know, they take the audio from something else. And so maybe it was a Real Housewives audio thing. And it was just like, no. Not happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, so they did that, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's out of the picture. And Clayton, w- if you're li- if you're listening, Clayton, she's playing hard to get. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> um. So I want to move on to to this season of The Bachelor, which just began filming. There isn't a, there isn't a lot out there, but obviously we had a major story that that I broke, and then uh, you know I 
I had come to you with it, you know, for those that don't know a little behind the scenes here, I had, I had told you about Vanessa Esparson's Facebook post before I went public with the story because I was struggling with, you know, what should I do with this? Should I, I, you know, I have it. And, you know, the reason that the show has decided to put out the cast list early on their Facebook page is so essentially, so the audience can vet their contestants for them. Like, it's a really weird thing that they've done, but they've done it, I think, 10 seasons in a row now. And it's a way, the reason they're doing it early is so anybody can send them any information that might be, hey, you might want to look into this about your contestants, very problematic and stuff like that. Or they did this or said this or tweeted this. And so I had that information at my disposal last week and nobody had posted about it. Nobody had found it. It was a reader who brought it to my attention. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't have found it because when I see these people's names and the contestants that come out, I've never thought to type their name into a Twitter search bar. I don't know why I never have, but that's how you could have found Vanessa's Facebook post was all you had to do was type her name into the Twitter search bar. A reader did it, sent it to me and said, Steve, this is pretty troubling. I'm like, yeah, it is. And I'm telling you, if I wouldn't have released that until today or after filming started Monday night, Vanessa would be on the show. I guarantee it. I don't see any way they wouldn't have cast her. If it never got out and nobody told them about it and never became public, I think Vanessa is a contestant on Zach's season. But, you know, when I did put it out there, it was with the, you know, the thought process of I don't think the show needs this. I don't think she needs this. I felt it was a way to actually help her um, because we're never going to see her again. She's not going to be when the ABC released the cast bios in December and when the first episode airs in January of 2023, no one's ever going to see or hear the name Vanessa Esparson. So it's better that she's not cast and has to deal with this. She did release an apology, which was fine on Twitter. But if she was on the show, it would have become a whole thing. It would have become a giant distraction. She would have had to address it in probably more so than a Twitter mention. And, you know, I it was for me, the troubling thing was how many people thought it wasn't a big deal. And I'm just, you know, you just kind of shake your head at stuff like that. I don't know what you got when you covered it, um, you know, taking it from my from my podcast and playing my podcast clips and and playing and um putting her statement out there, her Facebook post, were you getting people in your comments that were just like, yeah, what's the big deal? She's got a point. You know, it's just like, those, wow. Yeah, those are the types of videos I try to stay away from the comments because I'll <laughs> just get, I'll get mad like you. Yeah. Um, so if, if, if her statement was 10 sentences long, the last eight sentences is exactly what you would want to tell your daughter. Yeah. Be careful, this and that. But it was predicated with, um, it, like, there was such poor communication by her that it's like, I mean, it's a who's who. I mean, she might as well have been like, well, Hitler had a couple of good ideas. It's like, what? Yeah. Like there was no way to recover from the way she started that statement. I obviously, like, I think a lot of people do, um, you know, still, still like reckon with how we're going to deal with moving forward in society with people with shitty takes when they're 18 or 20 years old. Yeah. Because, Clearly, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if she's from Scottsdale, Arizona, or, or what her deal is. But this hot, this quick hot take she could have typed out while she was on the shitter one day, now could come back and cost her, I don't know, two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars if she was a top finalist from the season with lost earnings. And it's just like that's the butterfly effect. This is just how it works. 
um, everyone who read her apology, I think for the most part, felt it was sincere. She completely condemned what she said. She said that her intent wasn't to do what it ended up doing, but she realizes that it was a pretty good apology. Um, so, yeah, she probably didn't expect that that's how her time on the show would go. But, um, you know, it's just like that's the world we live in. You know, you got to like it was a bad take. And, and like you said, a lot of people still don't quite see what's wrong with that. But you don't like if someone gets in a car accident, you don't blame them because they, they're the victim. Like you, we have to ignore, like have better conversations with not victim blaming. And um, I had some people that that actually didn't like my take that were saying, no, you don't tell your daughter not to drink alcohol. And I'm like, you know, well, look, I think you, 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 you can tell you want to raise your kids and your family and your close friends to protect themselves from assholes. Like, like even if you're a good driver, you still have to wear a seatbelt because other people are reckless. That doesn't mean you have to live in a world where you put that much burden and shame on yourself. It's just like, you got to be careful out there. That's not what, this uh, this uh, uh, lady Vanessa said she was like saying that the victim is also at fault. No, hard stop. That's where it went wrong. Not at fault. Yeah. No, that was the big thing was the last 90% of her post is what people were focusing on. The people that were like, what's the big deal? She actually has a point. They were only focusing on the last 90% of her post, which was basically a, hey, ladies, don't drink. Be careful out there. Don't ever get blackout drunk. It's like, yeah, we know this. We learned this in high school. We know we know not to drink. You don't. Vanessa Sparson doesn't need to be the delivering a PSA <laughs> about binge drinking in, in college. We, we get that part. She wasn't saying anything profound in the last part of her statement and we, or nothing that we hadn't heard a thousand times in our life. It was... This post was not about, hey, ladies, don't drink. It was a direct response to the Brock Turner verdict. And she basically said, why is the girl also not at fault for how much she drank? The second she says that, everything else she says after that becomes a moot point. Exactly. You know, one other thing that you brought up on, um, you brought it to my attention in one of our infamous voice texts to each other. And then, you know, you did a story on it. I haven't. I haven't covered it and I cuz I didn't really I didn't really know enough about it but this is going back to the Gabby and Rachel stuff the idea that something was censored out of one of the podcasts that was out there and that was in regards to Eric's uh, so Gabby was on with was it Ben Higgins podcast or was it Chicks in the Office where uh, Rachel Rachel, oh, Rachel. Was on the almost yeah she was on the almost famous podcast and I found a clip and on this screen grab version said it was a 40 minute episode. When I went on my Apple podcast, it was only 30 minutes and you could not find the part where Rachel said that Gabby wanted to discuss the uh, blackface, but uh, they, they didn't let her now. It, it's, I don't know if it's a glitch or if they actively clipped this part, but there are versions of the podcast on different podcast apps that have the full conversation and then versions that don't. Now, in podcasting, you can upload a podcast MP3 file and then afterwards re-upload it if you want to like change something around. And depending on if the user already downloaded it will depend on what version they get. So whether the show silenced them or not, the truth is, is that the show kind of actively didn't want the blackface conversation to happen on the live finale, their largest, most watched, biggest platform in the world. 
But they kind of threw the um, the alumni like Michelle Young and Becca Kufrin, they threw them scraps to talk about it on their podcast. Bachelor Nation YouTube channel has yet to air any of those blackface conversations um, on the video version. So it, it's essentially the Bachelor producers playing both sides, the side that doesn't want to have the conversation and then the side that does. And that's just them being a psychopathic corporation that's just trying to win at all costs. Yeah, because I was like, okay, if they're going to edit this out of the Almost Famous podcast, why are they then letting Becca and Michelle release a, an expanded episode? It was like a bonus episode where Michelle could address the fact that she was pissed off, she was sitting there and after the fun arose, and blackface was never brought up. Becca did it. Um, Mike and Brian talked about it. They were upset about it. Caitlin brought it up on hers. She was upset about it. So they let all the alumni who have a very big voice in this franchise talk about how bothered they were that the show did not address this publicly, but then they're going to take it off of the Ben and Ben and Ashley podcast. It didn't make any sense other than well, like you call uh, them yeah, psychopathic. I look, <laughs> I look, I look at it this way. It's like when I used to live in Harlem, they, in, in the hot summer months, they would turn the uh, hydrants on, let some uh, water out into the streets because it prevented, you know, the, everything from blowing up. So they just released enough pressure to calm the situation. I think they did that with the show. They knew that, like they don't have a problem with the alumni discussing blackface. They just didn't want them to discuss it on the show, which is where they're going to have more of a conservative audience than discussing it on their liberal leaning um, podcasts. So that, that's that was what they that, I mean, and, and to be quite honest, from the show's uh, lens, it's a very smart move for um, sort of uh, winning all sides. But of course, it's also a very spineless move. Yeah. I mean, it was something that I was shocked. I especially when they spent as much time as they did with Eric's ex text messages, which, as you know, you know, I spoke to her on numerous occasions Um why am I forgetting her name? Oh, Amanda. Um, so I was glad they brought it up. I mean, I'm I'm really... The fact that two of the stories that I broke this year ended up being topics that were spoken about on their special shows. The Men Tell All brought up the Nate's Kelsey story and Eric's texts were, you know, brought up on the After the Fun of Rose. I'm like, wow, are they like... Of course, they're not mentioning me by name. I get that. I'm not expecting that. But just the fact that they are almost kind of breaking the fourth wall, because as we know, there's what's aired on Monday nights when it comes to this show, and then there's what's really happening behind the scenes with social media posts and stuff from the past and whatever the case may be. But major storylines being talked about on their shows, I it's almost like congratulations for joining us in the year 2022. But then they do something like leaving out Eric's blackface scandal and you're like, okay, maybe they aren't fully, you know, maybe they aren't fully up to the job of actually covering everything that happens. But yeah, and that and that comes down to, you know, it could come down to like one person's decision or advertisers saying, hey, we want to advertise on your channel, but don't get into anything crazy, you know, which which is ridiculous. But that's that's the dying business model of advertiser run media. If this was a conversation on a membership only platform like Netflix, have some balls and talk about it. But because they're trying to win everyone over, you know, like they did a bat like 
they did a bad job with Chris Harrison having the discussion and he lost his job. They threw him under the bus when obviously the producers were just as complicit as everybody else. In this scenario, you can imagine they might be worried about having Jesse Palmer live on TV having this conversation. But it doesn't mean I mean, they could have recorded an interview beforehand and aired that like they could have done something, you know, yeah. Um, so I can understand being a little nervous about having a live conversation and not botching it, knowing that it's going live and there's no editing it out. Like you can edit out, you know, a rant from Mentel all or something. But uh, there's I mean, any any idiot could brainstorm about 10 different ways to spend two minutes um, having a conversation. But at the same time, I understand that the people that are really still upset with Eric and Gabby aren't going to accept his apology anyway. And it's not mine to accept. I think he tried his best. Um, th there was people that were saying, well, he's, he said he's sorry that the photo came out, but he didn't say he was sorry for doing it. And it's like, look, I think we can assume he's sorry for doing it as well. Um, I think these types of, you know, these types of people like Eric that have never been on a t TV show before are not going to give us the best apologies, you know, we could ask for. Um, but then again, um, I know legally they, the show can't stop him and Gabby from discussing it on their social media, but they're still, they're still like in the show, like Gabby's still in the show's sort of like golden uh, bubble right now. So I'm sure she's going to do whatever they want. I mean, I know from firsthand accounts from former leads that the show will strongly tell you what not to talk about and it takes a lot of like um sort of free thinking to go against the show even if you're not bound legally by that yeah and i think it's just the the problem that i think a lot of people had was the fact that it's very easy for eric to put a black box on his instagram feed and do a written apology it just would have hit more harder and it would have probably meant more to people if on live television he has to answer how he felt. Even if he just repeated or paraphrased what he said in his Instagram feed, at least we're seeing him verbalize it. We're seeing how he, maybe his body language is. We could see if he really means it because it's very easy to release a statement, you know? And even with Vanessa's statement, while we, while we were glad she did it and she really owned up to it, we truly don't know if Vanessa really is sorry, I hope she is. I hope she doesn't have that take. I hope she really doesn't think that drinking should play a factor. And, you know, if the woman should be at fault during a rape, I mean, let's pray to God. That's not her take six years later. And, you right. know, we know she said that in 2016, but we don't really know. Actions speak louder than words. These are just words. Every apology that's ever been released. I've had to do one myself is just words. It's what you do in your follow-up. And do you actually, take what you say to heart and actually change your behavior. And we just don't know enough about Vanessa if she has changed her behavior since 2016, because everyone that knows her name right now hasn't really known her. So we have no idea if she's changed her ways since 2016. Yeah, And you know, the conversation has changed so much with the me too movement where it's very easy to look at sayings like, what was she wearing? Has she been drinking? Uh, you know, those types of conversations are like now, um, it's so cliche because it's like we we've addressed the fact that that's such a toxic way of thinking. I don't know where we were in 2016 with that. Obviously it was a bad take at the time because people at the time screen grabbed it. This was something that at the time she was getting called out for. So clearly she, like she did not have a popular opinion at the time. And, and just to, to, to uh, say uh, last, lastly about Eric, um, 
to look at it two different ways it, with crisis management, like with crisis PR, with Eric giving a written statement, I understand that it's sort of a safe way out, but he, um, a like a good video would have gone a lot farther, yeah. but a bad video would have been a lot worse. So it's kind of hard to expect someone who's not in the world of media to to like nail it. And I wonder if they're just trying to protect him. I don't know, though. I mean, I think the show did a bad job of, you know, when they sent Chris Harrison out there to defend the show, he got fired. They when when he went silent after that was was the perfect time for him to talk. Any sort of communicating and podcasting would have helped the situation. I truly think the show is just stuck in in like archaic form of PR where they think uh, the dust will settle if they don't address things. But then there's the argument to be made that the dust has settled um, Gabby's had a million followers. He's gained six figures in followers since then. So even though we've got a loyal audience that's calling this out, does the general audience care? And I don't know what the answer to that question is. I think, I don't know if there's a definitive answer to that question, but it probably leans more towards no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's just evidenced by how some of the reaction has been. And it's just, it's very, you know, there's the online fans of this show, and then there's the people that, watch the show for two hours on Monday night and then shut off their brain until it airs next Monday and think that, you know, it's almost happening in real time. They don't understand anything that's, they don't follow any of these contestants on social media. There's really two different shows that are going on here. And that's why I have always done what I have done is just to give people a better glimpse on how to view this show. And just because you're seeing this on Monday nights for two hours, that's not the full story. And that's all we're trying to do is kind of fill in stuff that, people don't know about include and then obviously throwing in spoilers as well um one other thing that happened in bachelor nation recently um within the last week or so even though it was reported over the summer when we saw pictures get out the kelly and peter (laughs) reconciliation is you know it's kind of comical to me because when they broke up it wasn't like we love each other. We're just two people that need to grow. We need our space. Cause then it could have been like, okay, these people just might want to take a break. And then it sounds like they're going to get back together. No, Kelly went scorched earth on him when they broke up. And yeah, you know, it was just, when I went back and read some of the, the comments and I'm like, look, I, nowadays Kelly can do whatever she wants. She's obviously taken him back and they're dating again. But when you, when you say the things that she did when they broke up, when she told him, get the hell out of my life and lose my number. And she felt that the things that she said to him were very hollow. They, he, he basically broke her trust when he said he was going to wait to post about their breakup and he didn't. And then she was forced to go earlier with her statement on Instagram. And then she said he loves Pokemon cards. He loves playing video games and he loves going out and partying. And I was trying to convince myself that's what I liked. And then I was like, all right, Let's be honest with yourself, Kelly. Does it add up? Probably not. She felt like she was putting in a lot more effort to make things work and didn't feel it was being reciprocated. Like, that's a lot to say about your ex and then take them back a year later. But like I said, to each their own, she could do whatever she wants. But And I know nothing about the inner workings of their relationship, but what I do have is factual things that she said on a podcast after the first breakup, and I'm just like, hey, Kelly, it's out there. If you guys break up again, it's like, look at what you said about him a year ago. Did... Clearly he said something to win her back and maybe she's falling for some lines again. I don't know. 
But good luck yeah, to him. Yeah, it's like when you it's like when you break up with somebody, you talk all this trash to your <laughs> friends, and then you're like, Oh yeah, we're going back I'm going back with Steven. And you're like, We hate Steven. And you're like, No, he's changed. I mean, what she said on the Talking It Out podcast, I made a video yesterday because it was just brutal. Yeah. She's like, I wouldn't seek any life advice from him. He's not the type and it's like it's like it's like I don't I don't know if maybe she had the wrong idea of what she wants out of a guy. Or maybe like maybe he really was an F boy and maybe he had to win her back. I mean, people can change. Um, I, I will say this about Peter. I think there's something very kind about Peter that his ego doesn't seem to be affected by what people say about him negatively. I don't know if that's like um, ignor- ignorance is bliss, but like he seems like he's just like a free free loving guy and and i gotta give him credit for that if he's willing to get back with her after she talked to him that way (laughs) well the other thing was and this was again this is a quote-unquote source that told entertainment tonight but the source noted that peter's mother barb was a major ish quote-unquote major issue in their relationship she was very involved and expected to be a major priority within peter and kelly's relationship so again one we don't know if that's true or not but two if it is so has that changed and Kelly is either fine with it or what? I mean, I it just, there just seems to be a lot there, but you know, without talking to Peter and Kelly and getting answers out of them themselves, mostly Kelly, like you said this stuff about him when you broke up, what has changed? I guess maybe we'll just never get an answer as to why she took him back. Oh yeah, we won't. And it's so funny the dynamic between like girlfriend and mother. I you know, I don't know the psychology there, but it really is just like a battle of like it, does my son love me enough to take my opinion? It's like it's like get, take her phone away. <laughs> like let the kid live. Uh he's a grown adult. It's so, you know, the the amount of the amount that that the this bachelor audience has been able to uh, get tea and content from Hannah Brown, Pilot Pete, um, Maddie Pruitt, Hannah Ann Sluss, like they all they all just came from this one like Dante's seventh level of hell or whatever. There's just some deal was done with the devil to provide all of this from the same sort of family tree. Well, I think you had you've had you've had a lot of quote unquote scandals within this franchise and a lot of crazy ass finales or things that had happened on the finale and then post show you had you know you've had slusgate you had what happened to rosalind papa years ago and you could do like a behind the scenes vh1 behind the music kind of deal with a lot of stories and maybe get some answers but i think the best 30 for 30 whatever you want to call it behind the music that you could do on this franchise is from the time Peter Weber got engaged to Hannah Ann to the time that finale aired and a couple days after, the amount of things that went on, I would love to actually know what really happened. Because while Kelly said all those things about Peter during their first breakup, this is also a man that in November of that year, whatever year it was, no, it would have been November of 19. Yeah, because it aired in 2020. He gets engaged to Hannah Ann in November of 2020. He breaks up with Hannah Ann in January of 2021. That weekend, he's in Miami at the Super Bowl, and he's seen with Kelly. We know after that, 
he hooked up with Hannah Brown at some point and ended up um, bringing her back to his house and having sex with her and, and parents making pancakes uh, the next morning. <laughs> we also know that after that, he gets with Maddie and he sits with Maddie on a couch at the live after the final rose ceremony with Kelly Flanagan in the audience. And his mom is basically ripping him a new asshole in front of all of America saying this isn't going to work. Now, while she was right, it was a very weird stance to take and made it very uncomfortable for the two people sitting up there on stage. And then he says he loves Maddie and he's going to make it work. And two days later, he breaks up with Maddie on an Instagram post. And two weeks after that, when the pandemic starts, he's with Kelly and Dustin in Chicago. Like that is the best 30 for 30 that I'd ever want to see made about this show of what the hell this guy did and how many women he ran through in about a four month period. And Kelly, like that's the guy like, yes, it was two years ago. And maybe he's changed, but look at all the mess he created just on his own season. And and then you say during your breakup, he likes to play Pokemon and video games and likes to go party. And that never seemed to have left even in the last two years on the stories that we heard about him. So, yeah, I mean, it makes it even more questionable of what is it about this guy that she wants to go back to? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and the best part is that during his season, he has a scar on his forehead from running into a golf cart. Like, <laughs> like you, like you, you, you literally get to see his emotional and physical health just fall, crumble in front of your eyes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he, I think he's got this weird sort of ability. Remember those? Remember that inflatable toy growing up that had a sandbag at the bottom and you yeah. could punch it and it would just come back up. I feel that's like him. that's Pilot Pete. Yeah, that's him. And remember, this is also the Pilot Pete that what, a month or two months ago, just had a podcast with Dustin, then they just dipped out of it for no reason after getting completely called out by the public for their awful take on the Nate and Kelsey situation, and they just didn't address it, just stopped it altogether, and never even gave a statement as to why. So then there's that. Like it just, The whole you know, thing I, is I just heard, so bizarre. I heard that from a – like I don't even you know know if it's a big deal, but I heard that they were forced to quit – and the podcast just wasn't like famous enough for anybody to care. But to someone like you and I, that's interesting. Like, what went down behind the scenes? Like, how bad is your take that you that you have to quit your show? And not only quit your show, but not say, "Hey, we're going to do one final show and decide to." And whether it's a lie, just put something out there like, "Hey, our lives are are too busy. We can't do this anymore." Just lie. But the fact that you quit without even giving people a heads up, releasing some sort of statement as to why you're quitting. Like if I ever have to stop my podcast for whatever reason, I would either have a last episode or if they say, Steve, this needs to be done. I'd be like, no, I'm putting out one last episode. Um, but I don't, I don't answer well, to anybody like, when it comes know, to my podcast. Retire, yeah. You retire as a professor, you get yeah. your last speech. There's all, you know, when you, when pilot Pete's dad retires, he gets his last flight. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all these things. The thing with Bachelor podcasts and these alumni, they get their following so easily from being on a show that they don't value it. You and I build our audience brick by brick. It's so important to us to have that conversation. It becomes like family. To some of these people, it's like, it's like yeah, whatever. And they get to see that, like, well, it's a two-way street. You don't care about them. They don't care about you. Yeah. You know, and that's just kind of how it is. Well, speaking of Bachelor podcasts ending, and this, this will be the final uh, topic here. You know more about it than I do because you covered it on your YouTube page, but um, your YouTube channel, the chatty broads have decided to stop their podcast. I don't know. I think they're going to 
someone told me today after I briefly commented on it that I guess they're going to continue through Paradise, but then they're going to go their separate ways after that. Um, what did you talk about in your video today? Do you know anything about why this is ending? Because while I'm not a huge fan of them, uh, especially for the way they covered what they did with me, um, I know it was a popular podcast that a lot of people listened to, um, mostly because I heard from those people who were trolling me <laughs> uh, after you know Becca and Jess had their way with me. Um, but what was what did you hear in regards to this particular podcast, or what are your thoughts on on them calling it quits? Well, you know what's funny is I was supposed to be a guest on the podcast, and I was like, geez, they could have just told me they didn't want me. They didn't have to quit the whole show. And then I said that as a joke, and then Jess sent me a voice note being like, oh, no, that's not. We love you, uh, whatever. Uh, but, I, no, I haven't met them before, and I've I've had conversations with Jess, and she sounds super sweet, but I've never talked to Becca as far as I know. Um, it's crazy to me to think and it's like look do whatever you want with your business but it's just crazy for me to think that they would abandon a revenue stream like that because it like becca's got her her following in instagram i would not feel comfortable if i made all of my money from instagram i just wouldn't it doesn't seem like the app is thriving right now from what i've talked about with other creators so just from a business aspect i'm i'm like surprised i'm sure i'm sure jess relied more on that revenue than beck did I'm just I'm just guessing, but I, I, I'm just surprised that they couldn't find a way to have a weekly conversation for one or two hours. I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe there's more behind the scenes, but because they seem like nice people. I know Becca mentioned recently that she's done calling people out. This is why <laughs> I would love I would love for you and Becca to have this conversation. I would just love it because. I've always preached that people can change and grow and maybe she realizes after dealing with part of her audience that holds her to a wild standard that you just can't please everybody. And, you know, um, but I don't know. We'll have to see what they do moving forward. I know Jess is going to start a podcast with her husband, so I'm sure a lot of the audience will go over to that. I, I wish her the best with that, but yeah, I don't know. I might be on it still. I have no idea, but, um, uh, but it is interesting to see how they, are held to such a high standard. I mean, nobody, we can all try our best, but nobody can be perfect. Yeah. And it all, it was almost like every single week I had a chatty broad story where something came out or something happened. And it's like, yeah, golly, uh, do they want them to be? And that's the problem when you do operate from a place where you condemn others is like, you're, you know, we've all got issues. And I, I think they get that now probably, but it's tough to want to, um, I don't know, to, to to rail against uh, honest things like this Vanessa story and and talking about toxic tweets and people that are gaslighting, whatever. It's like you want to have those conversations, but also um, who knows what they were dealing with behind the scenes with with having to respond to an audience that was, um, you know, holding them to a high standard. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, when you when you talk about Becca and this, it just seemed like it, within the last year. I don't listen to their podcast, but obviously with my ear dialed into a lot of things that are going on in Bachelor Nation, it did seem like every other week they were having to apologize for something they said or did on their podcast, which then you in turn covered. And I would usually hear it, you know, indirectly through you. I'm like, oh, what did she say? And then they, and they did say, and I don't know, I don't want to say they, because I don't know who said what, but I remember specifically both of them, or sometimes it was just Becca had to come out and say, you know what, I didn't, you know, follow that correctly. I think one of the, one of the big ones was the uh, the Johnny Depp case, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And which, which actually led to a whole nother issue with the Blatchelorettes. Um, they, because, uh, it, you know, it's too much to get into it. Yeah. The story will probably keep developing, but it really becomes this culture of people not being able to live up to whatever standard is kind of like expected of them. You know, I, I mean, I, I know, I obviously know your issue and story with Becca, very specific, like you have every right to feel however you feel about that. But I still would love to see you and her having a drink because I think you actually have more in common than not. You know what I mean? I think, I, I think you guys um, are, are definitely, you know, like um, are on that side where you want uh, truth and want to speak truth to power. And I think if I could speak about what I saw with Becca, just as an audience member, I think that she might have gotten caught up in thinking like feeling that rush of exposing other people which obviously is like not not the reason to do it but yeah you know um, what i i don't you know what i don't you know i I said what i said earlier i'm not a big fan uh, of them and what they did but that doesn't mean i hate becca because they becca came on my podcast once and then they came on as chatty broads once well you know well before you know the thing the thing got out with me where they were informed of my past writings so my thing, if I ever spoke to Becca or ever had a drink with her, would be like, I, I just got some questions. I just had some questions about my whole thing was why they went about it the way that they did. And it was mostly Becca. I mean, Je- Jess was there and chiming in, but it was just it was just really weird. And it seemed like it was an attack, a personal attack because of they didn't like me. And for whatever reason, even though I didn't know they didn't like me until that day. Um, but it seemed like more of a personal attack and a pile on. So I have nothing against Becca, but if I ever got a chance to talk to her in private, it would just be more about, Hey, when you did this, what was your, what was your thinking? I I don't understand why you went about it the way you did. And that was, and that was my whole thing is, is how they went about it. Not necessarily bringing it up. It was just the way they went about it and the way they covered it. And the fact that they took 20 minutes out of their podcast that day to reread all of my writings from 10 years ago. I was just like, why didn't didn't you just direct people to the site? Like you were, yeah, and they were very giddy. She was very giddy about that feeling. And I can imagine that's like just flying a little too close to the sun. I can imagine when you get a little excited thinking you've got the hot scoop or you're serving karma and, and, and all that, I can imagine that it's, um, you know, something that in hindsight you realize, okay, like, you know, we, maybe we danced a little too hard on the grave versus, versus the progressive value would be have you on. Have me on. Exactly. It. Because that's exactly. a better solution. This is why we always talk about counsel versus cancel. The true better solution isn't justification stakes on a head. That, that, that like penal system doesn't, doesn't create progress that just punishes the past. And you can have a little bit of both. For, for, by all means, the court of law exists for a reason. But at the same time, to prevent things in the future, conversation, you talking to them about all that probably would have led to a better conversation than just um, sort of people choosing sides, team chatty broads, team reality, Steve. You know, we don't you don't need to make your, your audience do that. Yeah. And I think that was the thing that was just kind of a head scratcher about about it all. And, you know, yeah, like I said, I don't hate Becca. Um, I just didn't agree with how everything was handled and it would have made more sense to actually have me on. But then they, not only did they do that, they did basically a one eighty and 
had on all the people that I had offended in the past and said, Hey, so what do you think about this guy? And what he's, it's just like, okay, this is a pile on at this point. Cause the very next week they put Jade on their podcast and it's like, okay, this is what I mean. You could have just left it at man, some really shitty things that he said and wrote in the past, which I absolutely did and owned up to, but then to pile on and be like, okay, let's bring on a guest. Hey, this is somebody that was yeah. in Steve's crosshairs well, back in the day. Like it's just like okay. I think you, I think you and Becca should start a podcast called Chatty Steve. Yeah. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it would have been an interesting conversation. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know where Becca stands um, on all this now. Two years later, now that she, you know, you said she made that statement about she's really wanted to give up canceling people or or going after or attacking people. Maybe there is a chance in the future of Becca and I kind of hashing this out, you know, even publicly on on my podcast, if she'd be interested in doing it and, um, you know, actually diving into the issues here. And, um, you know, as opposed to just this, you know, I, I, like you said, there's this kind of this power and this rush that she got, because let's face it, there are people in this franchise that just aren't a fan of me and aren't a fan of, of what I used to do in the past with bringing out negative stories on contestants. And then she had this thing and it was like, she was the voice of, I don't know if you want to call it the voiceless, the contestants that just never wanted to, or never had the platform to speak out against me. And now she had this to where she could feel empowered to be like, Hey, I can maybe bring this guy down or take him down. And so, yeah, I I can maybe see why she did it, but it, it didn't help matters. Um, it was definitely hurtful. And, um, so that's why, I mean, yeah, it, it would be, maybe it's not for public consumption, but maybe behind the scenes, one of these days, I'd love to have a conversation with Becca and just kind of, kind of go over it. Yeah, you know, I just actually recorded a podcast today with this uh, lady named Marilyn, who um, she wrote her dissertation on Bachelor at the I think it's called the London School of Economics. I could have that wrong. Wow. And she yeah. And she talked about um, progressive ideology. So as a progressive person, she just talked about how 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 valuable it was to have like the Rachel Kirk Connell story play out where people had that conversation versus no conversation at all. So that's why I say, I think even if I think it's easy to say like silence uh, people or like cancel people or don't talk about things. But I think the true progress is not dividing us anymore, but having these conversations. So I'll talk till I'm blue in the face about it. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, and the thing is like, I have mutual friends with Becca, people that I'm friends with that I know that are friends with Becca, who I think could speak on my behalf and just say, like, Becca, you you kind of have a wrong opinion and you kind of, you know, maybe went a little bit too far. Like, if you actually spoke to him off air and you would understand that you kind of you kind of took it too far. And uh, but, you know, I don't know if they ever have said that to her or maybe. They don't care to, but yeah, I know we have mutual friends where that she's friends with somebody that I'm friends with, but maybe my name has never come up, but, uh, I think it's, it's definitely an interesting thing. And now that Becca is kind of out of the podcast game, at least for the short term, um, who knows, you know, who knows, you never know what could happen in the future. But, uh, anyway, Dave, I really appreciate you coming on. I love having you on and having these nuanced conversations because, you know, when it comes to Bachelor Nation, everything to a lot of the fans, especially the online fans, is so 
black and white and it's this way or it's this way. And if you think it's this way and you're on the opposite side, then that person's wrong and you hate them forever. And it's just, it's not like that. I'm glad that we, you and I have been able to develop a friendship to where we could have nuanced conversations about things that, that happen in this, in this franchise. And, um, you know, before we head out here, I know that, um, your wedding is coming up, correct? We're we're getting yes. closer. How, how what's when is it? Next month? It's in October, right? It's it's October fifteenth, but I leave in like under two weeks. Yeah, it's in Mexico. Okay, so how are the how are you going to be? Like, are we going to see you in your tuxedo on uh, October fifteenth, the morning of? If a major story breaks in Bachelor Nation of you uh, in uh, maybe I don't we're in a tuxedo, but you know, on your wedding day doing a video, is it possible we're getting this? It's, you know what? Everything's possible. And I know a lot of people have said, Dave, you better take the week off. And all I say is, well, I'll take the week off if Bachelor takes the week off. But, uh, yeah, we, we might have a breaking suit, breaking news in a nice suit. Yeah. Um, and then, um, are you, are you honeymooning right after or are you guys doing, or are you waiting? No, well, it's a, it's kind of like a week, um, trip at an inclusive, all inclusive resort. So that nice. obviously not the, not the honeymoon, but we will, probably do something after the holidays. Gotcha. Um, but you know, we, we, we're nomads. We don't have traditional jobs. So I've, I already feel like we go on three honeymoons a year, but <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure that Tasha feels like she's the queen that she is the true queen of bachelor nation. She's already got five suitcases worth of clothes ready to, for Mexico. So, well tell Tasha, I apologize if I've sent too many uh, voice texts to you that you've had to listen to over that she's had to listen to <laughs> over dinner. I don't know if she agrees with my takes or not or whatever, but um, uh, no, she finds you, she finds you interesting. No, okay. I think so. Yeah. Okay, good. Thanks. Um, uh, so Dave, thanks again. I really appreciate it. And uh, obviously we'll be following you on your YouTube channel. That is, um, God, I remember the first time that you came on. I don't even think you were at, maybe you were, I, I mean, I don't have the exact number in my head, but I don't think you were at 10,000 subscribers on YouTube when I first had you on and you're at, uh, you know, right. You're at almost 60,000 uh, on your YouTube channel now. And I know things have blown up with you in regards to that. And I, you know, I, like I said, I give all the credit in the world to content creators cause it's not easy, especially in a franchise like this where so many people are trying to put out content and you've really made a name for yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. We're getting a million watch minutes a day right now. It's just insane. That is awesome. Um, anyway, uh, congratulations on all that success and your continued success. And, uh, we will obviously be in touch. I might even have a, a voice text for you later on tonight. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Thanks buddy. <laughs> you got it. Bye. Thanks again so much to Dave for coming on. Like I said, one of my favorite guests to have on, and he's someone who will be on probably three to four times a year going forward. Just so easy to talk to, has such good insight to the franchise, not afraid to speak his mind, and usually well-thought-out takes that he has, and I always appreciate that in my guests. So, again, thanks to Dave for coming on. Thank you all for listening. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we know that there's a lot going on in Florida right now, and once it goes through, Obviously, some major damage has already been done. There's probably going to be more damage done as well. I would definitely, I'll put it in some links and uh, Instagram stories, but I'll definitely be donating um, to Florida victims uh, because of this storm because that is just something, you know, it's out of their control. They can't control. You can say, well, go live somewhere else. Like, really? That's your answer to this? It's like, come on. Let's show a little sympathy for these people, and definitely, if you can, once the donation links start coming up to help Florida, um, please do. 
please donate. And um, I think it would be much appreciated by them. And I will do my best on my end. I definitely will donate, but I will also spread the word on my Instagram stories and Twitter. So thanks again to Dave for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to this podcast, number 306. Still going strong. Uh, Go listen to today's Daily Roundup if you haven't already. That's on the Reality C podcast feed, and we will be back once again next week with yet another Thursday podcast. So for Dave Neal, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.